You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. This episode is brought to you by Outdoor Class. Outdoor Class is an online video platform geared towards making you a better hunter. Watch instructional videos taught by hunting experts like Remy Warren, Randy Newberg, and Corey Jacobson. After the hunt, learn how to prepare your harvest from world-class wild game chefs like Hank Shaw and Jamie Tagan. Whether it's your first year hunting or you grew up doing it, Outdoor Class will take your skills up a notch. Use code EMPIRE20 at checkout to save 20% off. Visit OutdoorClass.com to learn more. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. This is the Average Conservationist podcast brought to you by Outdoor Class and in partner with 2% for Conservation. Outdoor Class is the new single source of premium outdoor education from trusted, knowledgeable experts. For hunters committed to improving their skills, Outdoor Class is the only subscription-based e-learning platform that provides unlimited access to video lessons from the world's most respected experts covering topics across a hunter's entire journey. Learn from industry leaders like Corey Jacobson, Randy Newberg, Remy Warren, and other prominent personalities and organizations. Sign up today and use code AVERAGE to save 20%. 2% for Conservation's mission is to create an alliance of businesses and individuals that ensure the future of hunting and angling by committing their time and dollars to fish and wildlife. 1% of your time plus 1% of your money equals 2% for Conservation. 2% helps businesses and people pair with conservation causes to support things that fit what they care about. Whether you're into fishing, hunting, or just getting outdoors, 2% can help you not only start giving back to wildlife, but get certified for it. Getting 2% certified means you've made the same commitment as popular brands like Sitka, Stone Glacier, and Seek Outside in giving at least 1% of your time and dollars back to wildlife. But it's not just for outdoor companies, breweries, Contractors, coffee roasters, and even piano repair companies have earned 2% certification and stand out as leaders in their communities for doing so. Businesses that are committed to conservation deserve your business when you shop. Learn more about 2% for conservation at fishandwildlife.org. That's fishandwildlife.org. Buddy, a happy Wednesday to you, and welcome back to the Average Conservationist Podcast, and I'm your host, Marcus Schuing. All right, so today I want to talk about, um, I don't even know what the best way to describe it is. Um, I recently recorded an episode about this on <clears throat> my uh, other podcast, the Michigan Wild Podcast, and I talk about um, transitions. And I talked about that from really the the point of a father, I guess, um, 
and it the the same transitions can can go for for being a mother as well and if you want to listen to that one and and check that out i certainly welcome you to do that um but i want to kind of talk about a very similar if not the same topic i guess um as it pertains to the world of conservation um the, the transition part that I talk about is how we as, um, me as an outdoorsman, the transitions that I've went through in my life. And I think we all go through them. We all hit them at different times. They all look a little bit different for us, but I think we all have kind of one thing in common or we have these stages in common uh, throughout the, the course of our outdoor journey, I guess, if you will. But I'm going to, I don't know if I want to say spin it, but I'm going to talk about it as it relates to the world of conservation. So let's let's start at the beginning here. So I think growing up, especially in an outdoors family, um, and I think this is where it's going to be a little bit different for everyone because not everyone grows up in an outdoors family or grows up kind of living that outdoor lifestyle, if you will. I think that I've certainly, and you guys can attest to this, that we've we've had a, a large number of guests who picked up, <clears throat> whether it was hunting, whether it was fishing, whatever their outdoor pursuits are, uh, much later in life. And <clears throat> so this transition may not be for them, or maybe it just looks a little bit different. So the first one is when you're a kid. And you're spending time with your mom, with your dad, with your grandpa, whomever it may be, uh, in the outdoors. And I think that conservation piece, that conservation ethic, um, <clears throat> this is you know that point in time when it, it tends to be instilled in you without you really even knowing. Um, whether well, I think it's it's without knowing because a lot of it, one at at a at a young age. <clears throat> you have to excuse me, I'm recording this very early in the morning. Oh, drink of coffee here. Keep me going. Um, it's instilled in you uh, without you really knowing. And what I mean by that is it's expressed to you in more through actions. You know, watching the people around you, how they treat the outside world the the wildlife around us how we approach that um the things that we do and you know for any any of you that that have kids you know you you understand what a sponge kids are at a young age so they're they're mimicking you they're seeing how you're behaving how you're interacting and those are things that they then perceive to be acceptable ways to uh, to go about their business to, to 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 handle themselves so it's kind of it's those you know let's say you you go out fishing when you get out of the boat and I've I've, I've talked about this um, <clears throat> with guests or, or on as a guest on other podcasts is that you know you you get done fishing you get back to the boat launch or you get back to the truck if you're fly fishing or, or something like that you're fishing in the river or you're fishing on the banks of a lake and the biggest thing is you know making sure that 
you know, whatever trash you may have left in the boat, whether it's a, you know, plastic, you know, cup for your worms or your night crawlers, whether it's a pop bottle that you had, a snack wrapper that you had, whatever it is, it's, it's cleaning those things up. You don't leave them laying in the boat because inevitably on your way home, uh, the wind is going to carry that out of the boat. Or, you know, when you dock the boat or, you know, land the boat, you don't, you don't throw your stuff on the ground because it's convenient. You, you put it in the trash can, you know, like I think those, those little things and, it, it, it's not just for the outdoors. I think that, you know, little things like that are things that we're kind of inherently, we inherently learn throughout, you know, our, our time as a youth as well. And so I think that's kind of your, your first real exposure to conservation. And also, I think if you are fortunate enough to spend time actually in the field, let's say from a hunting perspective, it's, you know, the, the way that we care for our game, the way that we care for, uh, the woods when we're out there, making sure that we're not, you know, again, discarding of, of things while we're out there, we're, we're leaving things the same or better than what we found them. So if you're, you know, out for a hike or you're bird hunting or you're out picking mushrooms or, you know, whatever it is, you're out camping with your family. Um, and you come across trash, you're picking that up, you're bringing it back to wherever your little adventure started from, and and you're making sure that it's discarded of properly. I think those things, that is kind of your, as a child, that's your first real exposure to conservation. Uh, The word at at that age, I don't think really carries much weight for us. I think that we we don't, our, our brains really aren't formed enough to, to understand the, the totality of, of what conservation is. And it's, so, the, so that's kind of our, our first stage, if you will. Uh, and then as we get older, let's say we're into our, our teenage years. Maybe we're, you know, I mean, heck, let's just call it your teenage years. And you're still on that course. You're still, you know, living somewhat of a, of an outdoor lifestyle because for a lot of us, um, as we, we become teens and and we get older, sometimes the, the outdoors, those pursuits that we did as a, as a younger child, uh, maybe take a back seat. Maybe you, you lose interest. So maybe, that's not um, what you spend a lot of your free time doing with uh, either with you know by yourself or, or with your family. So you, but you have certainly a much better capability to understand what what conservation kind of looks like. You you've been around enough at this point that maybe that word has come up. Uh, maybe you've had those conversations outright as far as why we conduct ourselves in a certain way that we do when we're in the outdoors. So it's, you get a little bit better of a picture of an idea of the things that we do, why we behaved that way, why our, our, our elders, our 
friends who again whoever it was that you spent that time with why we we behaved why they behaved in in that way you can you can explain it you can wrap your head around it a bit more and then as time passes on from there and and we're you know independent uh I guess you could say when it when it comes to to doing these things, you're old enough to, if you want to, you know, go fishing by yourself, if you want to go hunting by yourself, heck, if you want to, you know, take a weekend and, and go for a hike or, a, you know, go camping, whatever, we we understand those things. And I think it's it's around this time that we, we have a much better, um, maybe a more complete understanding of what conservation is. And again, this is, you know, this is all kind of predating um, volunteering, um, making your voice heard, uh, expressing your opinions uh, as it pertains to conservation, to the outdoors, all of these things. And it's around this time that likely the the outdoors, uh, those activities that you like to um, partake in, uh, take on a whole new meaning. It's how, uh, potentially you are spending a good amount of your free time, let's say. And when I say, you know, becoming independent, I'm, you know, I'm, I guess I'm referring to, you know, you're, you're maybe sometime in your mid twenties, you're, you're, your brain has, has developed <laughs> to such a point where, um, you don't need to, uh, ask those questions as much. You you understand that your actions um, have potential consequences, either positive or negative, in the way that we're conducting ourselves, in the way that we're behaving, um, uh, especially on the landscape that we're, that we're in. And this is a point where we, a lot of us, uh, maybe you do, maybe you don't, maybe this this part of your your journey maybe this comes a little bit later um, but I think this is certainly for some where it is it is introduced you you start to care um, equally as much about where you're you're recreating at um, and what I mean by that is you start to to care about okay uh, you know the this, this stretch of water that I tend to fish, um, you know, maybe it's, it's been an area that you've fished for your entire life. For example, we're, we're going to use, we're going to use fishing. Cause I, I feel, I feel like that's a little bit easier to, to kind of pinpoint. You have a much, um, deeper connection to that area. Um, and that's not to say that just because it's your first time in some place that there shouldn't be that, um, that thoughtfulness, that uh, wherewithal that goes into, you know, how you're <clears throat> treating yourself when you're there. Again, excuse me if I take some pauses here. I'm just sipping my uh, <clears throat> sipping my coffee. Um, and you, the place starts to hold um, potentially more of a special meaning for you. Uh, you had a lot of great memories there growing up. Uh, it's an area that if we're fishing, it's, it's, it's just a great stretch of water, right? It's maybe it's not really known by a lot of people. It's, uh, it's an area that, you know, you can get to, uh, and have a lot of success, have a lot of, um, you know, great adventures there. 
and you want to take care of that. You don't want to, you know, walk this this stretch of, of river and have, you know, trash laying on the ground. You don't want to, you, you want the place to be now uh, as you remembered it growing up, um, you know, without the, uh, the mess, I guess is, is maybe the best way to put it. You don't want those things. So you, you're extra, um, what's the word I'm looking for here? Um, you, you have much more of a open eye, maybe that's not even the right way to, to describe it. I'm, I'm kind of blanking here on, on the word, but you, you become much more aware of your surroundings when you're in that particular area. So you're, you're making sure that those things that, um, you may be overlooked as, as a younger, uh, as a younger kid, as a younger adult, whatever it is. And now it's, it's almost become your personal mission to continue to leave that, that area, that place, uh, better than we found it. You don't want to show up there. Um, you know, cause let's say maybe it is a, a highly trafficked area, um, on the river. You don't want to leave that, uh, or have that place next time you show up being, you know, kind of a, I don't want to say a state of dilapidation because, uh, I, I, maybe that, that seems a bit harsher. It seems a bit over the top, but I think you you understand what I'm saying here. Is you you want to always come back to that place as as you first remember it, because I think that is you know part of where the the memories come from when it comes to that uh, that, that that piece of land, and it's it's around the same time that the maybe the bug to uh, give back is is something that that starts to creep up on you that the uh, the journey uh, the, the 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 bigger picture <clears throat> excuse me really is what comes into play things start to come full, full circle and it becomes more about how you know, great those memories are there. And let's say around this time you've, you've had children or you have friends that you, you know, now introduce to whatever this particular hobby is, uh, that you enjoy doing on this particular piece of land. And you want to, you want to do your part. You want to be part of the solution and not the problem as it pertains to the outdoors. And <clears throat> this is where you start to, I think your, your vision, your idea of conservation really opens up and it's where you really take that, <clears throat> that, that next step, uh, in, in your conservation journey, you start to really, see that you kind of get out of your bubble maybe is a, is a better way to put it you start to look at okay you know I, I like to I like to you know I like to hunt for for upland birds or I like to hunt for for waterfowl and 
the issues that may be affecting, um, let's say, the this particular piece of wetland or this particular um, piece of public land, and you start to almost like dive down this rabbit hole um, of what you know the <clears throat> the 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 greater um, effect that you can have on the the totality of the landscape. So we start to, you know, look at conservation organizations. We start to look at um, different opportunities to to volunteer. Um, you know, maybe it's a land conservancy. Um, it's uh, again, it's it's a it's a group like the National Deer Association, or if you're out west, and you know, maybe it's the Mule Deer Foundation. I mean, it's it the, there's no shortage of organizations that are out there that help us, um, you know, channel our, our efforts as it pertains to giving back and to conservation. And it's around this time that I think that the, 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 the total picture, um, really becomes very clear, becomes very, um, easy for us to see. And, you know, as I'm talking about this and, and, and I'm kind of doing this step by step, you know, maybe this is just particular. Maybe this is just um, how my journey looked. Maybe this is just what it looked like for me. And and if what I'm what if what I'm saying is, is falling on on deaf ears and I don't mean that in a negative way, I just mean like, oh, you know, whoever is listening is you know they're thinking to themselves you know this is not what my my path has looked like up to this point and you know that's that's hey that is just fine because if you're listening to this you've probably you know your your path may have looked different um, but you're still let's say at this this point where I'm at now where uh, the the picture has become more clear you've you've taken that um, that next step you've you've become <clears throat> I don't even know if, if immersed is the right word but you've become um, much more cognizant of of the world around you as it pertains to the outdoors and you want to do your part you want to get involved um, that's great then then I think that a lot of these things uh, that we're talking about <clears throat> still pertain to you I mean <clears throat> while my experience has been you know, stretched out over, you know, the course of, you know, 30 years. Um, maybe yours is, is very truncated. Maybe you went through these steps in the matter of, you know, five years, right? Uh, and this is <clears throat> probably speaking to more of like the, the adult onset hunter or someone who just picked up a, an outdoor hobby later on in life. <clears throat> Excuse me one second. I think that that's okay because you're you're still at this point and the things that that hopefully I'm saying um, certainly uh, ring true or, or sound familiar and where we go from here I think kind of depends on the person and I don't think that one is necessarily better than the other I think that's just where we end up and this is that point in in your journey where you know maybe from a volunteer standpoint, you, you you take that next step. Now you're um, 
participating, you're, you're being, um, you know, a member of, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, you're, you're, you're holding positions within these conservation organizations. You're no longer um, just a member who pays their dues and maybe comes out for an event throughout the year, whether it's a banquet, whether it's uh, a cleanup or something along those lines. You're, you're, now you have skin in the game. You know, now you're actively giving your time or your dollars, for example, um, with these organizations. So you're, you know, you're spending, you know, once a month, once a quarter um, in these meetings, you you hold some type of position in your local organization, or maybe it's a national organizations, uh, organization, excuse me, if you've, if you've gotten to that point. And that's where um, our unsung heroes of conservation really lie, because unless you're you know, you, you hold a position with some type of organization at a national level, um, nine times out of 10, this, this position is, you're not being paid for it. It's, it's one that you just, you see the importance, you see the need and you are doing your part. You're, you're volunteering your free time or your extra money to make this difference. And that is, it's such a cool thing um, for me to see, uh, for me to, you know, hear about through, you know, previous guests or, you know, future guests, um, you know, what, what has caused them to want to make that leap to, to want to make that jump. And I think for, um, for some of us, I don't want to, I don't even want to say a lot of us cause I don't want to, to, to speak in, in too many general, <coughs> excuse me, generalities here, but I think, you know, having, having kids and I've, I probably sound like a broken record saying this, but that was, that was a big turning point for me was when I realized that, you know, there's potentially areas or there's things that I'm not going to be able to experience with my kids the way that I did with my dad or my grandpa. Um, because that, that land, um, for example, is just, it's not there anymore. Uh, whether it's been developed, uh, whether it's just been so overused that it no longer holds wild game or the stretch of river is, you know, just polluted beyond belief, or it's just been used so hard and not taken care of that it no longer yields the same, um, opportunities that it once did. And those are, those can be kind of harsh realities for us as adults that we don't have those same opportunities that we did when we were young. Because those wild places, um, you know, they're, they're wild for a reason. And it's, it's up to us to make sure that those places stay wild. Um, you know, one of uh, a previous guests of mine, uh, Mark Kenyon, he does a he does a really good job from from Meat Eater and Wired to Hunt, and he does a really good job, um, especially through social media, of of sharing a lot of these experiences that he has and what it looks like sharing them with his kids. And it's uh, I think especially for the younger generation, for 
people more in in my age range who who potentially have young families i think this is this hits home um uh, or it hits a little bit closer to home uh for those folks that you know we the outdoors can play such a an important part of of our life and again i've talked about this with i think it was john mulligan uh from bourbon barrel calls that the the outdoors has you know such a a healing power such a a way to allow us to disconnect from our everyday kind of hustle and bustle and stress and anxiety that that comes with you know having a family having a job and and all of these things that you know if if you know you've you've had a long week or you've had a long month or a long year <laughs> whatever and you want to unplug you want to disconnect you want to try to get back to neutral i guess these the outdoors is is such a great way for us to do that and i think it if there's anything that you know the pandemic and the past you know three years have taught us is how important the outdoors is you know how great it is to to get outside and breathe fresh air and, and do all of these things that we we as a society i think have put um you know an emphasis maybe back on that on those things on the outdoors um i think that the outdoors was exposed to a lot more uh people on the landscape uh over the last three years because we couldn't do anything else and you know for better or for worse uh it's allowed people to either rekindle that relationship uh with the outdoors to strengthen it uh or to to just get it started um you know it didn't take long for for people to to really get kind of stir crazy sitting at home all day and they needed some type of outlet some type of uh yeah they needed some type of outlet they needed a way to <clears throat> change things up and the outdoors is a great way to do that even if it's just taking a walk in your neighborhood and you know you see something laying on the ground you know just you know maybe throw a plastic bag in your pocket right if you see some trash some some wrappers some beer cans some pop cans whatever they are um you know Pull out that bag, pick him up. Uh, Drew Youngdike, who uh, he's been a guest on both of my podcasts, because he's just a a great uh, a great guy to listen to. Uh, he works for the National Wildlife Federation, and he you know talked about when when he likes to to fly fish, um, whether public lakes or, or public streams here in Michigan, that um, he brings this um, like mesh bag essentially that can clip right to him. Um, or he can like kind of sling it around his shoulder that, you know, if he sees something in the water or in the woods, he can just throw it right in this bag. And I think he said it was maybe scientific anglers that makes it, um, which likely, you know, lends itself more towards the fishing aspect, but you know, uh, any type of, of bag, anything that you can carry things in, uh, is going to do the trick here and having, um, that wherewithal having that mindset of you know if if you go for this walk if you go for this this hike if you go for you know um, a little fishing excursion that you are going to potentially have the uh possibility to leave that area better than you found it and i think those are that 
as we get older, that becomes um, much more of a way of life. Uh, it becomes thinking bigger picture all the time. It becomes more about playing that long game. And, and again, I'm going to echo these words that I've said before, but conservation is the ultimate long game because we're always doing things um, for someone who we don't know, someone who maybe isn't born yet, um, someone uh, who might be, you know, young that's out there with you. We're doing it for, for them. We're ultimately... Because if that that area, that space is not available, um, then they lose out on opportunities to do these things as well. And I think that's ultimately what it comes down to is ensuring that, you know, future generations, uh, whether, you know, there are, um, you know, kids, our grandkids, whatever it is that that they have those same opportunities. Um, and maybe that's, maybe that's, you know, a good title for this episode is opportunities because ultimately, you know, what we're doing, um, with in and around conservation is all about preserving and, you know, giving, um, other people opportunities to, uh, enjoy those same things, uh, that we do. I mean, it's, it's our, it's our duty. It's our responsibility, our obligation to make sure that all of these things are preserved in such a way that any, you know, person off the street can, you know, pick up and and go and enjoy uh, the same things that we do. Um, We all um, have the same uh, right to this land, Um, but it's up to us individually how we treat that land and how we, um, you know, continue to, how we continue to, um, leave it, how we, um, you know, preserve that land, I guess I, I probably repeating myself a bit here. Um, so these were just, I guess, some thoughts, this, this, you know, the opportunities, the, you know, the obligation, uh, the journey, all of these things kind of tied into one. It, to me, it just felt like a a topic that was very relatable to a lot of us out there. Um, maybe, uh, if nothing else, maybe this just gave you uh, a half hour to, to maybe feel nostalgic about your, your upbringing in the outdoors or what your journey looked like uh, to get to where you're at if you're, you know, part of a conservation organization um, from a member standpoint or from a, a board member standpoint, maybe you can just now fondly look back and be like, oh man, you know what? My 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 path here was very similar or man, Marcus doesn't know what the hell he's talking about because mine looked like this and hey, that's great. I'm, I'm glad that however your journey looked, it, it got you uh, to this point. Or maybe this conversation um, is being listened to by someone who is at the very early stages of their conservation journey. And it's given them uh, something uh, somewhat of a, maybe a roadmap of, of how things could potentially play out for them um, throughout the course of, of their journey. Um, either way, it just felt like something that needed to um, be talked about. Hell, it was just something that I wanted to talk about. 
So I'm going to stop kind of preaching because uh, it's, but that's certainly not what I want to do. I just wanted to um, just kind of talk freely uh, about what that looks like or what it looked like for me. And if you have comments or, you know, maybe your journey was different, uh, please reach out to me uh, through Facebook or through Instagram. You can get a hold of me through uh, the Average Conservationist website. You can, you know, shoot me a, an email, a message there um, that I will uh, receive. And if there's, you know, someone out there listening that wants to, um, you know, maybe jump on and, and talk about their conservation journey, I would, I would certainly be open and happy to that, uh, happy to do that, uh, because everyone's journey, um, while they may be similar, they may also be very different at the same time. And I think they're all, uh, very cool stories because we can all take a little something away or relate to something, uh, a little bit as well. And I think that's, that's kind of where the beauty lies. So I hope you enjoyed this episode, everyone. Um, I may or may not be taking a break for the next couple of weeks here as we kind of round out the year uh, with holidays and, and things like that. I, I like to try to uh, respect people's time as much as possible, let them uh, enjoy time with friends and family, not necessarily have to worry about uh, recording a podcast with me and, and maybe just give everyone a, a few weeks to to recharge and you know maybe try and fill one of those late season tags or whatever the case is and yeah, we'll see. If I'm not here next week, you know why. I'm just taking a little bit of a break here through the holiday seasons. And if I am, it's likely because I was able to get in contact with someone who's uh, who just had such a great story that we wanted to share it. So um, until next week, everyone, stay safe out there. And remember that conservation starts with you.